Hello and welcome to another episode of the UK Airshow Review Podcast, the podcast we started when we had no airshows to review. My name is Sam Wise. Joining me today are... Ian Garfield. Uh, Dan Ledwood. Tom Jones. So, uh, we are now well into the swing of summer 2021 and notwithstanding the imminent uh, reintroduction of horrible restrictions and cancellations and everything... uh, People have started going and having summer holidays and doing stuff and going abroad and getting quarantined in flats for 10 days at a time. And uh, one of those people, not not quarantined, he was just went on a little holiday with his fiance. is Dan. Um, Dan, he went on a little little trip through the Highlands, actually, wasn't it? I did indeed. Um, nice to get away, c- considering everything's been so gash recently. Um no, it was nice to get away and uh, to top it all off. Um, is that is that a word we use these days? Insight into his life. Yeah. What, what word did I use? Gash. Is that is that is that PC? Uh, I don't say that anymore. Um, not not one to completely derail, <laughs> but yeah. Um, can we do a poll on it after the after we've done the podcast? Yeah. Well, or or any Eastern European country. Oh. <laughs> no, oh. that was terrible let's oh. start again just start again dan yeah no uh no, it was nice to get away for um best part of a week just to, just for a nice change of scenery um and grace was even kind enough to let us go to lossy mouth for the first time so uh lossy mouth somewhere that i've wanted to go for quite some time and living in edinburgh um you think oh you know especially when joint warrior's been on you've thought well i could you know, do a day at Joint Warrior up at Lossy Mouth. Um, and then you realise how bloody far away it is. And it's, mm. it's just, you can't do it in a day. It's, you, it's deceptive, isn't it? You, you look it, at the map and it, you think it's like a... It, like, it's, it, like, like, like if, for me, when, when I first saw it, I thought well, it was like, for me, it would be like going up to Mildenhall, which is about yeah. an hour and 20 minutes on the road. But it's... It's a bit like, well, we've spoken at, about this at Grey Length before, when you get past Bristol and you're heading towards Cork, we think, oh, on a map it doesn't look far away, and then it takes seven years to get anywhere. Um, <laughs> you go back into the Dark Ages. Uh, but no, so we were staying up near Loch Ness. Um, not to spoil you on our actual holiday details, but um, we had a trip over... Do you see the monster? Um... Um, I, I saw a seal and got very excited and thought it was the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> I, actually, no, I say that. I saw a seal and thought it was a Labrador that was really far out at sea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's the dog's head. Grace got Aww. the binoculars. I was like, no, you idiot. That's a seal. Oh, oh right. Well, thank God for that. Um, no. <laughs> We've, we've killed Ian. Yeah, Dan, you're a talent you are. <laughs> just, thought, just thought it was a Labrador really far away. <laughs> the thing is, right, the best part is that there's, there, there is like a twisted sort of, like, I can see that. Oh, it's, seals, it's are, seals are 100% so the dogs of the of dogs dogs. Of water. Oh, God, yeah. But I can 100% yeah. see that as well. It's the most stupid thing I've ever heard, but it's so funny because I can actually see it. That's the stupid thing I've ever I, I, only, I only speak the truth. You know me. <laughs> Dan the Prophet Ledwood. <laughs> um, right, no, yeah, we were, we were at Lossy Mouth. Um, tell you what, really, in terms of accessibility, so it was a bit of a weird one. Um, we went and actually sat on the beach. So for those of you that don't know Lossy Mouth, it is 
literally next to the sea. Which just, just makes... in case people don't know, it's RAF Lossy Mouth, which is RAF. Uh, well, Dan will explain. An RAF base in yeah, north, yeah, so... north of not in northish of Scotland. Yeah. So yeah, um, for, for those that aren't aware. Um, it is now the only RAF base in mm. Scotland. Um, it's home to, was home to the tornadoes up until a couple of years ago. It's now home to typhoons and the P8 Poseidons, um, whatever designation they're referred to in the RAF service. Um, so yeah, up north, um, just along the, um, along the Moray Firth. Um, so, the northern end of the airfield, um, the approach extends into the Moray Firth. And we were sat, there's a really lovely beach there. So if you want to go, um, I fully recommend it if you're not, if you're interested in airplanes and you like the scenery because it is beautiful. We're, we went on a really sunny day and it was gorgeous. Lovely sandy beach. Um, if you're interested in golf, there's a golf course there as well. I'm not interested in golf, so couldn't have been less interested if I'd tried. Um, but they were using, so they're actually taking off over the beach. So we were at the wrong end, but um, we went round to the other end. It's zero five and two three of the runways there. Zero five has the lowest fence I've ever seen at an RAF base. Um, it's great. It's really good for photography. In all seriousness, thirty um, centimeters. Um. <laughs> It makes you wonder, though, doesn't it? Because it's like Bryce Norton as well. Just... It, well Mar- what... Marham. It's... Marham has a stupidly low fence. What, that's what I was about. I've never been to Marham. The only one that I can compare it to is Bryce Norton's fence, which <coughs> got blown down, which uh, yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll allude to in a bit for for who caused that. Um, but, yeah, no, really low fence. So you get some lovely shots of um, aircraft because it's... It's not quite flat. As you're looking towards the airfield, it rises up over the hill. And you can't actually see the, the threshold at the other end of the runway because it goes over the crest of the hill. Um, but no, really, really nice base. It is a long way to go to if, if you are from down south, um, or as is, like even from Edinburgh, it is a fairly long drive to get there. But if you get it on a nice day with some nice weather... Um, it's a lovely place to be. Some lovely restaurants in Lossy Mouth as well. We had a really nice mm. in there. Um, so it, it, it's not one of these bases that's sort of out in the sticks. There's absolutely nothing to do nearby. Um, if you're planning on spending quite a bit of time there, there's hotels and B&Bs. It's, okay. it's, it's on the tourist route, essentially. Um, if you're wanting to do other stuff, there's loads of stuff to do in the Highlands. I'm a huge advocate for anyone who's not been to the Highlands to go and do it because it is beautiful. Mm. Um, the only problem, and it's more of a, a general thing with the Highlands is the amount of motorhomes they've got at the moment. And um, that's a pro- to get to Lossy Mouth is it's all single carriageway roads. So if you wanted to get right. there in a rush, forget it because the roads are particularly high at summer as well. Um, it's very busy to get there. Um, but other than that, really nice base. In, in terms of variety, bizarrely, there was a German Navy Orion there um, that was sat on the pan next to the P8s all day. Didn't go anywhere, which is a bit of a shame. Shame. Um, the crew actually walked past me on the beach. Um, I should have I asked yeah, them what time they were Patrick, going out. Patrick, yeah, I should have just gone like that. 
I did explain that one to Grace, and she thought it was a, a bit weird. Fucking sad. <laughs> <laughs> it went al- yeah, it went along thought. those lines. Um, but I mean, Lost in Mouth has been, or, or should be, sort of the epicenter for future joint warriors. It's been a bit sort of higgledy piggledy recently because Lost in Mouth has just had its one way resurface. But um, hopefully, they get a few more participants compared to this year. They had one German Orion, and that was it. So, no, um, to summarize, really, go if you want to go. If you're keen on catching some typhoons and stuff, great. It's just like Collingsby. You got some with markings as well, didn't you? I did, yeah. I was really lucky. So, um, off the top of my head, six squadron are overseas at the moment. Don't quote me where. Are they in Romania? Or is it nine squadron that's in Romania? I can't remember. Anyway, six six squadron are away and nine squadron are away. Uh, but I was actually lucky. So I only saw two typhoons for the entire day that we were there. It was a very quiet day. Um, two P8s that went out and two typhoons. First typhoon was in full squadron, nine squadron markings, which was very nice to see. And the other one was in the with the little NATO sticker on it from when they were overseas earlier in the year. And last year was it as well? Mm, mm. Um, yeah, so it was. It felt like a bit of a novelty seeing a, a typhoon with yeah. actual colours on them. Um, I, I thought squadron markings were a bit of a dying breed in RAF typhoon service, but apparently not. I think they are slowly coming back now. Yeah, uh, whoever, whoever was dead set against them has obviously been moved on to another job, and someone else has come in. And yeah, well, I, a friend of mine who goes, these things seem to go. Who goes to Connorsby said squadron markings are more apparent on more airframes. So, yeah, as you say, Sam, it might hopefully be coming back. It, it is better. I mean, I know they're only squadron. It's a little bit of colour, but it makes no end of difference. Mm. Rather than just but seeing it, one with... It was that whole vibe, wasn't it? In, was it 2016? Um, all RAF frontliners had to... They weren't allowed to use like some of their cooler call signs. They could only be like... Yeah, Marum Eleven, Coningsby, mm. you know, flight of or whatever. Whereas now they can sort of go back to you know, um, Jedi. Well, that's an old, that's an old tornado. Yeah, yeah, Jedi, Apollo, that kind of Rampage. stuff. Rampage. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. But it's that little, it's that little thing. It all builds up into a, a vibe of you know, not, not being too corporate. It was yeah, quite nice. To see. It was quite nice with the Poseidons. I noticed as well is that each one of them is named. Um, so. I saw ZP802 and 805 for the number crunchers. Um, and they all carry they all carry names. But it's a bit like the old... Um, I'm sure the Nimrods used... They used to carry... Did each aircraft have a name? Uh, the Nimrods? I can't remember because I don't really remember the Nimrods. In... Well, f- f- funny that, that vaguely relates into what I'm going to be talking about in a bit. But the one I saw at Yorkshire Museum, I think, had a name. But I can't remember what it was now off the top of my head. Well, I actually went past... Uh, actually, that's another thing to do if you're up Lossy Mouth Way is Pin Losses, um, literally down the road by about 10 miles. And they have... Uh, more, uh, there's a museum just outside Pin Loss, which is now Pin Loss Barracks because it's owned by the army. Um, it's a little museum called Moravia. Um, they've got a lovely little collection. We didn't have time to go. If, interestingly, they've got an Antu there. Mm. Um, yeah, very bizarre. In... Uh, I can't remember what markings. I want to say Polish. It's dark green anyway. Um, I think, if I'm off the top of my head, I think it's Polish. Yeah. Um, but they own the 
Oh no, I tell like no, it's uh, it's Russian Air Force. It's oh. very dark green. Um, they own they also own the uh, the Nimrod that's the Gate Guardian at Kinloss, and that was called City of Edinburgh. Um, that one, but it's in lovely. If you if you just happen to be passing by, it's quite nice to see because it's in really good nick and get some nice photos from the roadside. Um, so yeah, um, go to the Highlands and go to RF Lossmouth. There you go, some free. Uh, uh, free publicity for Lossiemouth in the area. Da- no, it, it was really nice. Visit Scotland. He's going to get the key to the base. <laughs> Does, doesn't need it. The fence is low enough. Doesn't he? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. It is mad that the fence uh, is that low, considering it's an active QRA base as well. It's, it's not. QRA base. You've got Marham, where you've got the famously sensitive F-35s, where you could literally just hop over them with an ice cream in your hand if you wanted to. What I find bananas as well is the the thing that actually got me is that I think about when we've seen P8s at Riyadh, and I I can't remember if it, they had the barriers around the RAF ones, but for certain around the US Navy ones, they always had that silly barrier and they always had yeah, armed police. They haven't they haven't had they haven't had, but, they haven't had an RAF they haven't had an RAF P8 at Riyadh. Yeah. Oh no, it, it's funny because obviously it we something we were talking about at length in the last week or so at length not really, but um, the Swiss. Comically choosing the F thirty five, which seems to be a universally derided decision in the entire industry and among the enthusiasts, obviously for, for different reasons. And people saying that the it's ridiculous because the US are going to impose all these security measures on the Swiss and demand that they change the bases and the layouts. And but notwithstanding the fact that the Swiss bases, pretty much all of them have roads going through, and you can drive across them. Mm. Marham, there was obviously no requirement to build great big fences around it and and keep all the sense that you know they did they did substantially redevelop Marham for the F thirty fives. Developing but, it infrastructure, yeah, yes, but, but, but security wise, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if um, say you know it was actively chosen to be hidden away a little bit or anything. I've not been to Marham, so I can't say. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think they, I think that the planes themselves are hidden from view, but you could get onto the bait by hopping over a fence. But a lot of people were saying that it will make it, from an enthusiast point of view, will make the Swiss bases less spotter friendly, less enthusiast friendly, because before you could literally pretty much walk onto the base, so to speak, yeah. and you drive across them and they've got roads going through them. And people were saying, well, this means now that the security is going to have to get a lot worse and all of that stuff. But it doesn't seem like that was the case at Marham. Because that's the as far as the spotter goes, you could still got these incredibly low fences that mm. you don't even need. You could see over if you sat down in your chair, kind of thing, you know. Lost mass, lost mass, not due to get any F thirty fives, are they? I think they're all based. Well, <laughs> you don't need to spread forty eight planes over two bases <laughs> and an aircraft carrier and and two aircraft. So two, yeah. What a mess! State of it. Um, but no, I'm not the only one that's been on their holidays recently. No, well, as I was literally about to segue myself, um, oh, that was I... a that was a killer segue. <laughs> <laughs> Got in there before you. Um, I I had a little jolly uh, last weekend. Um, two yeah, weekends ago, two weekends ago. Now, as we're recording on the sixth of July, um. I had a little just jaunt up. So I obviously live in North London, or I live in Central London now. 
and went up to Yorkshire. So, so a couple of museums I've always wanted to visit um, in the UK, the Yorkshire Air Museum and the New- and Newark Air Museum. Obviously, we've done an episode before museums. And everyone knows that I'm a huge museum fan and all that. But the thing with those is, is living where I live, they've always been too... F- either one has always been too far away to do in like one day trip um and like like re- feasibly even making a day of it it's a long way to go and in terms of it being a a trip away i've up until obviously recent times i've always given the choice will have gone abroad but i've had this long weekend booked and in lieu of going any to any other country i thought oh you know i'll go somewhere in the uk so i did a little trip up north um, and went to the Yorkshire Museum and Newark Museum. Um, and I have to say, I, my expectations were met and I have found both museums absolutely delightful. I thought they were fantastic. They're brilliant, brilliant collections. Um, I mean, you, the, the, the main highlights of the Yorkshire Museum, and, and actually, I think they were the first... I think, they were, yeah, they were the first aviation museums I've been to probably in about a year now actually possibly are they the first museums i've been to since romania when i went with dan um did you go to hendon last year did you have a trip to hendon one weekend possibly yes no 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 it would have been since i went to cosford i'm gonna say last summer yes yeah Yeah. which was around this time last year around around about a year ago because i didn't go to anything in russia um you car barbecue you car barbecue that was a legendary legendary barbecue Channel 4, um man. still tasting <laughs> still coming out the other end um <laughs> tom's eyebrows have grown back <laughs> yeah. they were painted off um, still time. still find the channel four man extremely <laughs> funny i yeah so the main attractions at the yorkshire <laughs> museum are the two mirages they have there well among other things i think the main possibly the main attraction is the two mirages and the halifax so the halifax is the only fully extant one in europe i know there's one in canada but i don't know if it's in the same condition um and that's only getting by the wikipedia article but it's, it's one in canada one here and then obviously there's the one at hendon which is uh kept preserved as a wreckage um but this is the only Halifax extant in the country in Europe. I think Incredible. The one in Canada. Sorry, I think the one in Canada is fairly complete. Yes, I might be wrong. Is it? I'm sure it's in pretty good nick though. It's it. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's fully complete actually, as far well, as I'm okay. aware. It, it's, it's the only then fully complete Halifax this side of the Atlantic, which is amazing. To see, it's Friday the thirteenth. In, interestingly, it's coded RAF markings on one side and then French markings on the other. The reason it's in French markings is that where the F the museum is is the former RAF Elvington, Elving, Elvington, 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 which was the own which was the home of the only French heavy bomber squadrons in the Second World War, uh, and they flew Halifaxes. So it's coded on a French squadron on one side, and that French connection Please. is. Um, why there are two mirages there. So the French Air Force has donated uh, Mirage 3, which obviously just awesome looking plane, and then Mirage 4, the only Mirage 4 outside of France. So it's in, you know, 
very, very aircraft. rich there. They're in fantastic condition. They, you know, they just they look. The Mirage Four in particular is just an ins- exceptional looking plane. Like there's just no angle of it that's bad. It stands out. It looks fantastic. Um, also, the home of uh, XL two three one Lusty Lindy, the uh, Victor, of course. Um, still runs as well. Sorry, still runs as well. Still runs as well. Uh, well, in fact, there are signs around it saying "Live Aircraft" and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, and there's there's loads of World War Two era buildings there, um, which are, are pretty interesting in and of themselves. Selves. And yeah, and then there's there's brilliant collections there, some very interesting stuff. But but uh, certainly the stars of it, um, you know, there's like there's a gannet there in very good condition. There's a there's 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 a bright blue, you know, T bird hunter, um, the T seven navy T seven, which looks like it's in brilliant condition. And I was very excited to see it, except that it had the covers on the cockpit. And it, the reason it has the covers is that the 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 cockpit linings, the pressure seals are in really bad condition. So obviously they, they can't, they, I asked if they were taking the covers off at all and they keep it covered because it's, um, otherwise the cockpit condition will deteriorate, which was a shame because that was, look, you know, very cool to see. There's a javelin there. Yeah, there's, there's, some, there's a Qatari hunter actually, mm. which was very interesting. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a really interesting collection, but this, certainly the, the three things I've mentioned in particular are the stars. And they were really, really cool to see. They, um, um, they, they did up until I remember going a few years ago. Now um, they used to do something called Thunder Days. Uh, so in lieu of uh, what used to be the Yorkshire Air Show, um, they did the Thunder Days, which was basically a, a slightly smaller version of what Brunsingthorpe did. So uh, the Victor used to run the Nimrod. They have a Buccaneer. Mm. Um, but they've also got a few other things that run now. So the Dakota um, is, I don't know if it's taxable, but they certainly run the engines on it. Uh, they've got a, is it a Heron that they've got there? Um, they do have a Heron, yeah. Yeah, that runs as well. And they've got an SE5 replica that I think they do engines yeah. on as well. Um, so it's, it's very much, a, they've got active, active, in inverted commas, aircraft, which is quite cool. Oh, it's a superb museum. They've got two two hangars with aircraft inside, um, with with some really good stuff to to see. Um, and I would, you know, if if you're in the area, if you're around York, and and it's it's ten minutes outside York, I think to to go and visit. It's 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 a really nice little little diversion. I also, I mean, for what it's worth, I also went to National Railway Museum in York. Um, on the same day, which was, oh, I mean, that's an exceptionally good museum as well. I mean, the stuff there is just is to die for. And I'm not a huge train person, but yeah, that was that was a fantastic, fantastic uh, visit as well. I recommend that. But yeah, I also went to the went to Newark Air Museum, which was, I think, of the two, was the one I was possibly not wanting to to denigrate is the word probably i was gonna say slag off but that's the wrong word denigrate mm. the yorkshire museum anyway because that was I, I i was very keen for that but i think newark i was slightly more interested or excited to go to and that is is a very very varied collection i mean that is an extraordinary collection because you've got a some really interesting you know there's a, there's a hastings there mm. which is just a, you, you you turn around the corner there's just the hastings which is one of the most i think in 
impressive aircraft to see on the ground because it is it sits on this incredible angle with the nose crazily high in the air and that's next to a shackle which obviously has a lot of charisma and then opposite that is a bloody f100 and a, and a super mist air um oh no sorry a, a mist air 4 um and and then you've got all this stuff lined up it's, it's stunning aircraft then you go across another field and there's a buccaneer s1 um mm. In front of a hangar, it looks gorgeous. Tiny, tiny. Look, it's gorgeous condition. Tiny, tiny in air intake, so it looks weird because obviously you're used to seeing S twos and that. Then you go around another corner. There's a pair of floggers. <laughs> I, I, my jaw hit the floor. I didn't even know they were there. There was a MiG twenty seven and a MiG twenty three, and they just just sat there at this air, aviation museum in Nottinghamshire. <laughs> you know, it's bizarre. Um, or, or not necessarily bizarre it's just not where I thought I was ever going to see a pair of floggers really really cool and then inside the hangars they've got a draken and they've got a vigan which are just in incredible condition and the, I mean the draken is glossy mm-hmm. that's how that's mm-hmm. how good it looks the vigan is in that beautiful splinter camo mm-hmm. um, and then they've got you know a few other rarities there and, uh, and, and then they've got RAF jets lined up alongside it and then there's you know there was a, a heron there which was very cool to see in bea markings mm. um and it, it's a very 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 varied collection mm. and i think there's a there's a lot i want to say it was better than than either museum because obviously i think they, they were both fantastic places but I, I i thought the variety at newark was was extraordinary um really really cool to see uh, and, and yeah, I'd actually go there again if if I was in the area. I think because it was it was great. For, I mean, it's still just that feeling of turning the corner. It was just a pair of floggers. Like, <laughs> it was so cool. Um, yeah, yeah, that was really good. They do. Um, um, they they play musical airplanes with um, the the mix have always been outside. Um, as have a few, like the Mist Air Four and stuff, but for, the Vigan used to actually be outside. Oh really? Yeah, uh, the Vigan used to be um, parked sort of along from the Migs and facing the other way. Um, the um, I don't know if it was outside still, like the Shooting Star. Mm. Yes, it. They've got a Shooting Star outside, but I tell you what, they've also got. They've got the black Canberra. That was in, had, that used to be inside with the Playboy bunny on the nose, which has the Buccaneer radar on it. I think. Yeah, it's the mod version. And then they've got another Canberra with another radar mod on the front. Um, so there's, there's 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 quite a few very nice little test airframes there as well. They're actually due to get well. I don't. They might have got it. Um, so I I could be wrong. I don't know if it's on display yet. They actually actually have Duxford's old Typhoon. Um, the um, Black. No, no, no the it's, the, the, it's, it's, it's the, the first one. It was great. It was in the, the two seater. That's, that's it. Um, Newark have either bought it or they've got it on leaks, and that's up there now, which is quite cool. But as oh, I said, and, and they've got a Sharmark two there as well, mm. which is so cool to see. Yeah, I, 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 I thought both those museums were really really good i mean they were i mean it, it it was as much i'm not saying I, I had this holiday exclusively to go to these two museums you know it was a little breakaway it was first proper holiday i've had all year 
and it was quite nice to go away staying in a nice little airbnb in not too far outside of newark actually in fact actually the, the minorly interesting thing was it was right around the corner from gamston aerodrome which was where dan first flew i think my home airfield yeah yeah um and um yeah gamston gamston's a nice little airport to visit if you're in the area they've got some nice things some nice vintage airplanes there at the moment my weekend was started though by going over to bryce norton to catch the an 225 so i can finally tick that off the list i mean the weather was it was a bit gray it was it was forecast to rain and it didn't in fact it started raining pretty much as we got in our cars afterwards so it was like perfect timing yeah. and you know it wasn't ideal conditions but nick and i went over for that and we managed to don't you know we sort of took a detour into a field somewhere um to get some nice photos and yeah so uh, sort of not quite slightly better than record shots but what a ridiculous sight that plane is it's it's, it's a silly aircraft it it, it, it you know I, I was pointing my camera at it and then sort of you know, and then i had to put it down just just to look at it and watch it <laughs> Because I really, I saw it on the ground. I went down the other end, got one shot of it on the ground at the far end. Um, because he, the, the interesting thing about it coming into Bryce, of course, was despite the wind uh, implying a 2.5 two um, runway. I can't remember what the runways are at Bryce. But anyway, landing in the, uh, it was a westerly wind. So they should have been landing on 2.5 or whatever it was. So everyone was down that end to catch it. But actually, it came in on runway 07 um, because basically the pilot didn't want to have to backtrack and so, because they were parking down the 25 end. Um, so they didn't want to backtrack. So they went all the way, basically landed on the wrong runway to then park up down the other end. And it was our floating, I think, two or three Pumas, RAF Pumas yeah, uh, coming from Afghanistan mm. via Pakistan. Um, so... Yeah, that was, I think, probably annoyed a lot of people there. But he ended up taking off on 2.5. And yeah, got airborne shots of it, gear all nearly up, and just smoke coming out the engines. I mean, it is just a ludicrous looking thing. It really is. It doesn't make any sense when you look at it, either in the pictures or put your camera down, look at it with your own eyes, and just, you know, a Hercules had taken off a little bit beforehand. You've got to feel for those pilots, not, not being able to see it take off. But. Yeah, sort sort Hercules take off, and you know how big Hercules is, and then the two two five goes up, and it just it, it just feels so much more space in the sky. It is extraordinary. When uh, when Gordon and I were at Presswick last year to see it arrive, um, we were quite lucky in the sense that uh, the as the An two two five was going, um, the regular cargo look seven four seven was going out. And as you know, as as we all know, a seven four seven is not a small aeroplane. Mm. But by Christ, did it look like a little toy compared to the Antu two five? It's ridiculous. But it's I, but I mean, nuts. it is noticeably bigger than yeah. a C five or an An one two four. That's the thing. Not enormous, you know, not leagues bigger, but it is noticeably bigger. So mm. It's incredible. It feels like it's it's one of those sort of um, completely off the wall, just mad designs that. Probably mm. should just belong in Menino or some, or, or you know, or some other sort of yeah. museum that people go to, and you, you just go and you go, oh my god, as if people used to fly that. Yeah. Except 
oh my god, people act like that. That's actually a thing at the moment. You know, like yeah. you look at like a bison or something. You know, oh my god, that what an age that would have been to see it. And then you look at the Ant two two five of exactly that sort of completely mad looking, mm. you know, proper Jerry Anderson type of, of dreamwork yeah, thing. S- and you just six say, engines looking. As if, yeah, yeah. As if, as if that's a thing. Like uh, what? Like as if I'm here looking at that. As if that just exists. Well, that that's my favorite. The six engines look so stupid because you're so used to things that have four engines on, and the six engines like, yeah, well, my plate's got six engines actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's like. Um, I think I mean it's an incredible story to two two five. When you think obviously what it was originally designed for and mm. what it does now, and the fact that there's only one of them flying, and Antonov decided to actually keep it going and use it for these cargo runs and and the actual genuine function it serves in world cargo transport. You know, and it's due to fly until 2023, 2033, and I'd be interested to see what happens when that comes around. Because my gut feeling is they would actually just build another one because there's a niche for it. I think that I think they'll finish the second airframe. I think they'll finish the second airframe. That, that I mean, there's that. I just wonder whether that second one, how well they keep it ready to be rebuilt, or whether it would just be better to build another one. The fuselage, I don't know how long the fuselage, because Sam and I were talking about this, um, not on the podcast, a couple, a couple of days ago. Um, and the fuselage has been sat in the hang- Antonov's hangar for a fair few years. Well, since the 80s. Uh, what, the second airframe mm. as well? Oh, right. Yeah, um, they started building it and then the Cold War. Yeah. Oh, right. I, 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 they, they never finished. Um. So yeah, how much? I mean, I imagine if when they build the second one, they'll put different engines on it, which are you know, mm-hmm. and they'll probably put a glass cockpit in it and things like that. And they'll 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 go from what ten crew is it something like that to mad altogether too few. Um, it is a monster of an aeroplane. And so as alluded to earlier, when it took off, it literally blew the fence at Bryce over. And, and, <laughs> and the funny thing about that is the, the, the takeoff point, even the far back takeoff point, is not very close to the fence at Bryce on the 2.5 runway. So it's quite some strong engines. The thing that, I think the thing with the 2.25 is it's not disappointing because there's nothing disappointing about it. It's not particularly loud. It's not. A, I think when you think, oh, six engines, it must sound mm-hmm. like... like mm nothing else on this planet it's not that much louder than the seven yeah yeah um what, what did we did we ever think up of a, an equivalent of blown to the bone for the uh and two t5 one wasn't it I, I can't remember what it was there was one particular well, like, not knocked off by the antonov or something, something, something <laughs> like that yeah <laughs> and none of them were great um you mentioned, of course, it was there to drop the pumas off. But of course, tomorrow there is planned uh, the fly past for the fiftieth uh, anniversary of pumas. Whoa! Now that's a segue. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> so no one else was going to come when you there, Ian. So fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, I've seen a couple of maps of locations. They are they've actually pulled out all the stops, which I'm quite surprised about. Um, well, going... by the time this episode goes out, it'll be interesting to compare what, yeah, what actually so happened with... I mean, the weather tomorrow is supposed to be it's garbage. Forecast it? off, yeah. But yeah. they're actually going quite significantly oh, It's a big old north. tour. Uh, coming round sort of my area, going over the Memorial Arboretum at Uluwaz and off to Shawbury. But 
he does say, I've heard rumours of 12 Pumas and a Chinook, but I've seen that they have said up to a formation of up to 10. Um, how, many, course, how many go attack? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was quite surprised, actually. I, I saw The first I saw of it was yesterday. Um, so they've kept it under wraps. And of course, they've got this specially painted one as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just nice that they're actually recognising these mm. things. But, but once again, now there may be reasons um, that have meant that they, it's been a bit of an 11th hour announcement, but there's been no fanfare made of, of it until... There's never fanfare made yeah. about these. No, 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 I know. Even it's, when they do do stuff. It, it's, it's, you know, you've got 72 hours basically to... I, it, I think it's a case of you look at the route, if you're on the route, fine. Uh, mm. um, I think it's due, they're due to refuel... Someone was asking if, uh, if the, where they refuel. I think Middle Wallop is where they're refueling. Scampton and Middle Wallop. Yeah, sorry, and Scampton as well. Yeah, sorry. When is the OSD? Twenty twenty three. We should do something for that. I think Pumas are a UCAR far, UCAR favourite. Anyway, <laughs> Tom, you went to Old talking Wood, about helicopters. Yeah, I was going to say I was trying to, I was trying to find a, a segue. Speaking of, speaking of big green helicopters, old helicopters, um, yeah, um, Old Warden had their military air show. I think it used to be called the military pageant, didn't it? But it's the military air show um, mm. on Sunday, fourth of July. So well, we sixth of July. So, so just two days ago, we we're on Tuesday, and it was on Sunday, um, and um, it was my first driving show. And it was um, it was good. It was so good to get back to an air show, um, it, and it did a lot for me. Um, and it was nice. The reviews coming out, so I don't want to compromise it too much. But um, it's going to be impossible not to talk about historic helicopters finally making an air show um, debut with their seeking. Um, mm. And it shows it just shows how far they've come because 2019, the year before the pandemic. The Wessex was all the rage. It sort of still is. I'd like it's still probably my favourite. But the Wessex was all the rage, and it did its debut at Yeovilton, and the pandemic hit. And now there's a choice of three airworthy Sea Kings, shortly followed by two more, <laughs> like that either they just got on the on, on the books, and they're like ah. So um, one of the biggest things I was sort of one of the biggest thrills was just thinking on the morning of the show. Oh my god, I wonder which one is going to turn up. Is it going to be either of the two RAF? yellow search and rescue caps or is it going to be the commando one and uh, it just shows how how much they've accomplished <coughs> accomplished in such a short period of time just to have three airworthy seekings and a choice um they sent their commando one and um yeah it, it turned up and i mean it's a seeking what do you expect of a seeking mm. in Charlotte? it was a it was a um a, a, a smelly oily massive green lump of metal making a lot of noise um, and it was glorious it was great the display itself I mean it's not you know it's a helicopter display there's only so much you can do but you don't need it to do more than that um, just as I say this in the review but just as presence enough is alone same way right you know how the Ukrainian flanker like okay alright it does some tail slides it might do some probably red cardable offences that, <laughs> that occasionally have the blind eye turn to it. But you know how the Ukrainian flanker, you know, you look at it and it's like, it's no Rafale display, it's no solo Turk. It doesn't need to be. It's a flanker. Mm. It's massive. Mm. looks great. And it's just filling the sky with lots of noise and smell. And it's a hugely rare item. 
don't need like flares and you know like stupidly yeah. quick turns or anything. Um, and it's the same sort of energy with that seeking. You know, it's a seeking. Awesome. Can't go wrong. Um, so uh, so yeah, that was really good to see that debut. And um, hopefully they you know they they really get themselves around at air shows as and when they open up. Um, so it was good. Yeah. In what, what as, your th- sorry. No, go on. In as far as the driving format, which might be what you were just about to ask me before. Yeah. Um, driving format itself, um, the, the format, I, I don't think you can really criticise it because there's not a way of improving it. And I'm, I don't like criticising things where there's not a better way because otherwise you're just slinging shit where there's no, yeah. there's no possible way of improving it. I don't think you can do much with the driving format. As in, as a way of having Shuttleworth shows in the absence of nothing else, great, awesome really good because otherwise there wouldn't be shuttle shows in terms of um comparing them to normal shows pre-covid and hopefully post-covid at some point um they're obviously not quite as good i think one of the things is the sort of the lottery of, uh, of that uncertainty of, of your your spot you could be on row eight or you could be the other side of the trees by the house or you could be on row one or, or whatever and because you're in that sort of socially distanced box you're not allowed to leave that's it you're stuck um, you know, you can't really change that. Whereas, obviously, if you, you know, it doesn't matter where you park a normal show, you just walk to wherever you want to be on the ground. Um, so, as a thing, it, well, it I, I don't think anyone weird. anyone feels that the driving format is perfect. No, no, not at all. That's what I say. So, I'm, I'm a little bit sort of remiss to, to make a criticism of it because there's no, there's not really an alternative. You can't like it's not something can be done better. That that's just the way yeah. it has to be. Yeah. So, you know. Fair enough. Um, it's not as good as, as what it was, but it's so much better than nothing at all, and, mm. um, uh, and it's pretty good. Um, some, some actually not. I don't think anyone knows what my car is, so it's actually knob left to boot open for half the display, um, which is really annoying. And I think um, if they are to continue certain certain rules of etiquette, it, you know, maybe it's like the equivalent of pitching a tent or a gazebo at the front of the fence mm. of an air display, you know. Like leaving your boot open, yeah, that's fine. If you're going to have your picnic, just close your boot, you know, because it, it, like, it's quite high. Yeah. And if you're parked right behind it, you know, that's quite a chunk of your. I, I, it's just basic consideration, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, basic etiquette, and and you know, people probably don't have it in their minds to think about because with a lot of etiquette, sometimes you have to be told, and you go, oh my god, I'm so sorry. You know, they just yeah. don't think about it. It's mm. not mm. they're intentionally being a knob, um, but things like that uh, maybe need to be thought about. But then, if driving shows are ending. Um, and then the other thing, I sort of go into this in the reviews, so I won't talk about it too much, but it, it, it's the pricing. I think that's the principal criticism yeah. of the shuttle and the yeah. is, is the pricing. Um, I was telling Dom, um, who sadly had to go before we started, I checked my 2019 ticket for the Lion Festival, which I think was on, on or around 6th of June or thereabouts. That was when all the Dakotas came. So like that's, that, was a, yeah. that was a classic uh, shuttle well, event. We, we rated that as our number one event of the year in the top 10. Huge event, and the price for that was thirty quid a ticket. And I and I know that was the that's not the early bird. You can get an early bird price. That wasn't an early bird price. The price of the early bird, uh, sorry, the price of tickets yesterday, again not early bird, just normal price was thirty nine quid. So there's a nine quid increase plus ten pound on, on top for your car yeah. parking space. Yeah. And and again, not wishing to compromise too much of the review, but it, it seems a little bit off to me. Where you have a drive-in show, you are reasonably expected to drive in. So it's a bit unfair to penalise people for driving in with their cars. You know, make the car parking spot part of the ticket. 
Um, and if people want to get their own, I know that there's bicycles and everything else. So do them on reduced reduced tickets, um, which I think mm. they sort of do, but um, it's it's just it's a bit like how Duxford did it a couple um, of years ago. No, I I understand. I can. I'm, I'm going to actually disagree with you there. I'm, you're saying including it part of the ticket. If you've got four people going in one car, then four people are paying. That's that you're paying. Th- three people are paying for parking space that they don't need to pay the same price for. Um, fine, but that was the same as when you were just attending a normal show, wasn't it? Yeah, but but you'd have to have four tickets, even if they filled up the same car, and you just take one car in. But you just didn't but have to I, pay but for parking. The, but you, the the I thought the point you were making, obviously, is that you're paying extra on top. You're paying a lot more than what you would have been paying two years ago in a normal format. Yeah, and then it's ten pound. It's yeah, you're paying a lot more for the general yeah. ticket. There's not there's a nine yeah. pound. There's a nine pound. But if but if you're charging. But then there's another ten, 10 pounds. pounds for the parking space. But if you're charging everyone another ten pounds, even if they're not all taking up one parking space each, no, you just shouldn't. That. You just shouldn't charge for the parking space. That's what I'm trying to say. It should just be yeah, part yeah, of. Yeah, part well, of well that that I agree with. <laughs> that, that, that's the, yeah, that's no, what I mean. That that, that value should be just. You know, that that should mm. just be part of the ticket. I know what you. I know what yeah, you yeah, mean. Yeah. But it's yeah. the same. No, as... I get. I get you. I get you. So, so I was t- I was tempted to go, but say so I think the price and I think the driving format itself I, mm. I, it's put me off. I haven't. I, I just don't want to. I say I don't want to take the risk. I just can't factor in the value for money. It, we, we spoke about it at length before. Um, if you're an individual going on your own, it's an awful lot of money. Mm. Uh, yeah. You haven't got the flexibility. Let's say if you're parked one side. And it's not really where you want to be. You're stuck there, aren't you? There's nothing you yeah. can do about it. It is going to... I think for me, it would hamper my enjoyment of the day a little. Um, yeah, you're still seeing planes in the air. It, it's give and take. Yeah. They put a show on underneath these circumstances. So, you know, you, you've got to applaud them for that. But I think I would just rather wait. And hopefully, towards the end of the year, we're going to get things back to normal. Yeah. I, I think I'd rather enjoy a Shuttleworth show as I've experienced them pre-covid yeah and that's fair enough i mean I, I i i was tempted to go but they sold out but by the time i actually looked at the date and took an interest they'd already sold out unfortunately well that's that's another point is that um i think they've, they've had a little bit of criticism for this particular show um because the military pageant military air show is probably traditionally if you want your warbird heavy metal i mean it, race days are awesome but you know new girls and the comet doing formations um might not be for everyone, and I, I I think that it's probably fair to say that fixed wing warbirds, you know, lots of Spitfire, oh yeah, like, mm. you know, whatever, Hurricane Spitfires, something from Duxfield or Sywell or Biggin, um, probably has more of a draw than, than, than the more niche stuff. That doesn't mean one is better than the other, but um, I think they were under a lot of criticism because they sold out and there wasn't really any warning for it, they, they just sold out, they were like, oh, back and we're sold out now. And the participation list wasn't announced, and it was sort of yeah. it was it was too far ahead where you could get a reliable sort of gauge on what the weather was going to be like as well. So I think a lot of people were a little bit like, well, you know, they were trying I mean, to I... they were trying to wait, which is fair enough. Yeah, for some sort of participation. Well, well, no that's idea. what I was doing. Cause, yeah, because that's obviously not the, the organisers' fault that all their tickets were snapped up well in mm. advance. It, it, I said it in, in our group chat. I was. Very, very surprised that they sold out, considering there was no participation list. It was that far in advance. I thought it was very odd. Is that not people's um, desperation to get to an air show, though? In, in... Yes, yeah. but there there have been plenty of other air shows that they've done that haven't sold out or haven't sold out until a couple of days beforehand. You know, I mm. went to the Festival of Flight 
whenever that was, a couple of months, month or so ago. Um, I don't know if that was sold out on the day or not, but that I, I bought my ticket. If, I think I bought my ticket the Friday before the show. Mm. They probably will have had reduced number of tickets though as well. Got to factor that in. They would have had the same number of tickets as the Festival of Flying. What um, uh, what it might have been possibly is more. Um, my headspace. Uh, this might explain the mentality of others. Assuming that I've got similar sort of logic of others is that I looked in February when it was all early bird prices. I was like, mm. right, I want to go to a shuttle this show. And I looked and that was back when they said 21st of June was the full end of restrictions. Um, and I thought, okay, well, the, the next show after that is the 4th of July, um, which I'll take. And then maybe that won't be a driving format anymore. Maybe that will be a return to full shuttle with air show. Um, and I wonder if others did that as well. They thought, mm. yeah, that's the projected end of restrictions. And this was during the early bird tickets. And if people knew that they were going to go to a shuttle with at some point in the year, you know, you make a decision then. And then they, they were like 26 quid rather than, or whatever, whatever it was. I can't remember the price I paid for my individual ticket. Um, but um, so, so maybe that's what happened. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. Or maybe there was just a greater expectation of, of slightly more um, uh, you know, warbirds than the normal Shuttleworth shows. Maybe people weren't quite as interested in like the more niche stuff, like I said, which is all great. You know, I actually personally love the race days, but I, I appreciate that they're not for everyone. So um, maybe they just thought the military air show was the one they think of. Cool. That's been another episode of the UK Show Review Podcast. Uh, if you're not already subscribed, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts now, and pretty much any other uh, podcast provider we're on now. Um, you can go to our website, UK... Uh, no... <laughs> go to our website airshows.co.uk uk at no.co.uk Norway uh, no you can go to our website uh, airshows.co.uk uh, and you can also join our discussion on our forums which is at forums.airshows.co.uk thank you and uh, see you for another episode